0: Welcome to the Nurture
1: Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey
0: as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents.
1: We are back. It is early here on the Gold Coast. We're doing an early podcast which really I feel quite sprightly this morning.
0: (laughs) I know but it's springtime and like this is where springtime this is like the spring cleaning time and that's why we're so excited to Mm. bring on our next guest. But Nicola I will let you introduce her because (laughs) you have known Jess for a while.
1: So we are so excited to have you on here Jess today and jess oh hello she is more than what is on her instagram to be fair i remember listening and hearing about jess um many moons ago by a beautiful client kelly howard who every lots of people know her home or was home and she used to tell me about this amazing fairy that used to come in her house reorganize everything and then when i used to go in to do breath work with her she'd come and see my pantry and i'm like okay and then i'd be like wow who did that for you and she's like well there's this is amazing woman called jess who owns collectively organized and she does this and then i was like i really want this but then there was this instant shame of oh i couldn't have someone to my house because my house is a shit pit (laughs) (laughs) and i literally squeeze stuff in the wardrobe and close the door and hopefully it will look tidy just so that i can have a tidy mind (laughs) so i guess what i want to say is yes welcome to today thank you sorry both excited and I, I kind of want you to introduce what you do because I think it's much more than what your Instagram describes. So Oh
0: yes, well <laughs> so collectively organized is my in-home service business. And I have also started releasing gradually a series of ebooks um to also bridge the gap for those that are wanting my my help and my sort of cinnamon sparkle in their home but um, so really i organize physically organize in homes for people and i do work a, a lot with women who are wanting to find order in their homes and a lot of the time too just coming back to it, i actually want to touch on that that shame point that you mentioned nicola because you know it is really vulnerable opening yourself up to let someone come into your home. And you should just never be ashamed for living a life is what I always say, you know, like the age that we live in with consuming and things like that. It's everybody's in the same boat and there's just nothing to be ashamed of with having interests or things in your home, making your home a home, having children that have things and that are so fortunate and stuff like that. So I love going into people's homes and just helping them bring spaces to completion is what I say. So I I work with a lot of women who have this incredible energy for getting or, you know, motivations or, you know, wanting of having like a really organized home. But they're zigzagging. And obviously, you know, because when you're a mum too or, or, you know, if you're working and... Um, pregnant, you've got this nesting energy, but you sort of stop starting. And then you may be, you know, getting the kitchen through to 80%. But then before you know it, you're in the laundry and you're doing the washing and then you're pulling out everything under the sink. And then, you know, before you know it, you're just leaving these little incomplete partially reorganized bombs around your house and it's just you know you're sort of not really seeing the fruits of your labor because you're not just staying in one space and bringing that through to completion before you move on so yeah that's that's
1: really love that me (laughs) (laughs) and it's so interesting we did a spring clean I did my girls rooms on the weekend and we took eight bin bags of just stuff out of their rooms And I did think, gosh, this is so in line with having you here today, but also that spring feeling, isn't it? When you're like, but it's the same, it's a birth feeling actually, isn't it? Spring brings that feeling of freshness, newness, but so does pregnancy, like that feeling of dropping into creating a new space, space for my baby to actually be here, space for what that looks like on the other side. So I know that your son's just had his 13th birthday. So do you remember what it was like for you 13 years ago, creating space for your home?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Because um, gosh, like um, my husband and I have come a long way since 13 years ago, we were living in a two bedroom apartment. Um, so the other, the second bedroom was I, was where I created the nursery. But Um, I actually felt like because I had really, I purposely wanted to live in a smaller space because the logical side of me in the beginning was like, well, it's just going to be the three of us and I want us to live somewhere smaller so I don't have to be cleaning all the time and and all this because I was super fortunate that I wasn't going on maternity leave either. I was actually leaving my job and I was at home until my son started school. And so I, you know, in the whole logical brain of I didn't want to live somewhere big, I wanted to be small so that I could be present and I didn't have very much to do. But in the nesting phase, um, I still had all this energy and nowhere to go because I was in a two-bedroom apartment and everything was done. And I was like, well, I'm like 25 weeks, there's still a bit to go. What am I going to do by then? (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's so funny to hear stories of um, so many of my clients and even th- they decide to renovate their home. They decide to um, <laughs> sell a house, to Move. buy a house. <laughs> and I'm one of them. I bought a house in both pregnancies and moved house. I moved house at wow. 37. weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 37 weeks I moved in and I was like, on the, I needed to get everything in its place. And I guess moving into a new house, it was actually, I could, I didn't have all the stuff I, like I could organize it straight up, but it was like, I remember getting in there, putting everything in its place. I remember there was a couple extra things I just wanted to get from Target, went to Target, got it. And I was like, oh, okay, now I can relax for a couple of weeks, went into labor and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's funny, it's funny, Shari, that you say that because um, I don't generally have a lot of clients in the first time mum space, but I do a lot of work with women in their second pregnancy and they're the ones that are like, they're moving house or they've moved into state, they've just bought somewhere or the Renault's lining up kind of with the due date and stuff like that. But it's second, third, fourth pregnancies that I do. Like I sort of step in and you hear this like frantic energy of like, yep, I'm due in three weeks and we've done this <laughs> and we had a delay with this Renault and this and this. And I'm like, okay, well, that's where I then sort of look at the whole home and go, which spaces you know do we really need to get done for you to 100 percent completion that's going to have that flow and effectiveness for you you know over the next couple of months so you know and it's always the kitchen like you know making sure the bathrooms and all like medicines and you know all those sorts of like supplies and the laundry are always like top priorities to make sure that we've got that functionality and real organization
1: so what would you say you know we're going to talk to like the mom that's like sitting there going oh my gosh my house is just such a bomb or I just can't I don't even know where to start so thinking about like those key considerations for like a mother that's preparing to have a baby how can she prepare a home in a really sort of basic outline to have a baby
0: so well there's two sort of I guess answers to this that spring to mind for me because when anyone is sitting in their home in that state that you just said, being overwhelmed and, you know, thinking like, where do I start? I always give the answer, like whether they're pregnant or not, of walk the main pathways of your home. So is it like, you know, directly like, do you come in through the front door or do you come in through like your garage door? What are your main pathways that you walk in your home and make a list of where does your eye lead and what is it seeing straight away that's giving you that oh god I need to declutter and clean the house oh this is just so overwhelming because it's like if we can address the main pathways that you're actually walking through your high traffic areas of your home with a bit more positive ease or with some visual high impact, like visually quite quickly, that's going to motivate you and not be so downtrodden on your home. If you're pregnant, I would then say too, have a think about what are those high traffic pathways going to be in your day-to-day once your newborn is here? Like is it going to be the path from walking from your bedroom to you know, the kitchen, like what's it going to be and still just have a look at those, where are those clusters, where are those build-ups happening and strategically clear them and address them along that pathway working from point A to point B. That will stop your zigzag and give you a high visual payoff quickly.
1: I really like that yeah i mean even down to the i remember going to I actually did a, a birthing workshop on the weekend and um sat with a client that just moved house she's 13, 38 weeks um and i was talking to her about oh you know wouldn't you like to set up like an area where you can just know that that's your breastfeeding area and she was like oh, i hadn't really thought about that and i said oh you know like i always talk about like prepare like an area of organized like a breastfeeding station and she was like oh that's really cool and i'm like I, I don't know why, but I really feel like once you know that that's your station, that's you can be keeping on top of that. So at nighttime, you don't even have to worry about it being set up. But I was watching her actually. And what you're saying is t- totally true. Like there was just dumping of where her little girl had put all the things. And it was just, you could tell she was getting overwhelmed even by just trying to set us up in the area to be together, that there was so much stuff. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, I I guess really people start to spend a lot of time on their nursery, you know, what that's going to look like. And actually the reality of it is that your baby doesn't even go in that nursery for the first six months to eight months. So I guess really, you know, what would you bring your focus to rather than just the nursery?
0: Uh, I would definitely, like you said, either where you're feeding or, you know, if you're going to be in your own bedroom quite a lot just really having a look at your bedroom your ensuite your own space and you know there's such an irony to this because it's it like you're saying it starts when you're pregnant that you focus on the nursery like so much on creating this you know beautiful space and then because of how quickly children grow this then follows that you're upgrading their bedroom or doing some sort of you know aging up appropriate reorganization every sort of 12 to 18 months for at least sort of like this the first 6 or 7 years that's what you're doing you're constantly aging up this space that it's amazing how i go into so many homes that have these beautiful living spaces children with these gorgeously curated spaces to sleep and play but it's the woman is neglecting her own bedroom her own closet and it's her own ensuite and where she's putting on like her makeup or different stuff every day that I just go that's where you're starting your day and that whole thing of you I think when it comes to home organization considering like your mask your safety mask first you know getting your space right is going to clear your mind to be, you know, better equipped to deal with whatever the day throws at you in, you know, in this space, whatever your your pregnancy journey is going, you know, to be for you as well.
1: I really love that. I've got this this vision of me, I don't know if you're the same Shari, of me having the cot in our bedroom and we had a small a small apartment when we first had our first baby. And I just remember looking at the state of the bedroom. There was just like my clothes piled into laundry basket, not put away, the cot there, that like nappies trying to do it. And then the, the changing station was in her her nursery and I wasn't even changing a nappy in there. I would do it on the floor in the lounge or, or on our bed because it was just the way that I functioned at the time was, you know, I was solo parenting most of the time. But I remember just that disarray of going, I don't even know what clothes are I don't even know what to pick I have mean, even got time to iron that piece of clothing that I didn't hang up because everything's become just a, a little bit of a disarray. What well, what about you, Sherry? Do you remember what your what your house looked like?
0: Well, I had just moved in to to this house, so I think I was able I was able and we had been traveling for three and a half years, so we actually didn't have a lot of stuff. We didn't have enough stuff, to be honest. Like we had to go and buy furniture and things like that. So I actually, actually, it was actually quite nice to actually do that because I was able to set it up how I wanted to. But very quickly what I found, excuse me, was then you would get your beautiful family and friends coming and dumping bags and boxes of clothes. and Ah, yes. Yes. Guilt clutter. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Second, you know, which I was so grateful for because, you know, we, um, we didn't have a lot of money. All of my, like my cop, I got for $50 at a garage sale and it went through two kids. So uh, you know, my mum is a big, and this is, this is actually a little bit of a problem here too. My mum loves op shopping and she loves um, the car boot sales. So she would just keep Arriving with more stuff, and I'm like, I don't need that. Thank you. I don't need that. <laughs> I actually saw it last night. She does. She's now moved on to my sister because my sister has a has two little kids. And last night, Mom's like, "Oh, I got this for you," and you're like, "Thanks." <laughs> I, think, I think that's also quite hard as well because you, you, it's so beautiful that they, and I used a lot of it, but then you're just like, Ugh. Now Get I've got to sort through. These- <laughs> and I've got like nowhere to put them because some of them they're not even at that that age that they can wear it yet so Jess I'd love for you to speak to that because I think this yeah, is yeah um, it's this is stuff. uh definitely I've had this conversation more times than I can count and because unfortunately like the term I used just before of what this stuff can sometimes to become is guilt clutter because then it's not even just you getting that item and finding the item. The life cycle then becomes the mental load of how long do I need to keep this? That, that I'm not going to offend the person if they like, just come out and ask me, like if I've still got it or where that is, have I used it? How's it been? So I, This is, this is something, and I've even actually put this out on Instagram, on my Instagram page before as a poll. And a lot of people like just came back to like, oh, you know, you need to be grateful and, and all of this, but there are different, I call them lines to decline other people's stuff that you can either say like, oh, you know, like, thank you so much, you know, for thinking of me with this. Is there someone else that could benefit from that as I actually already have one of those? So sort of sparking that you're not completely like rejecting it of like, take this back to your own home. Cause clearly that person wants to give it right. They want to, they want to pass that on, but they just go, Oh, is it, is there someone else that, that could benefit from that? Or, you know, just sort of, try and spark them and help them to come up with a solution of who else it could go to politely and diplomatically. Um, there is obviously the accepting of it and say, oh, look, I'll take it. I'm in the process of going through all the clothes at the moment that I'm going to have for the baby. Um, once I do go through everything, if there is anything left over that I I either don't need or just have too much of what would you like me to do would you like me to give it back to you or are you happy for me to donate it so sort of like setting the tone of like you're going to accept it but that they need to know that you're already in a good space for that like what would they like to do if once you really do an inventory check are they okay with you donating it just like you're almost just setting yourself up for these outs it's just that real diplomatic and polite and giving yourself the out of what to do with that item. So, Shari, how, did, how does that sort of feel for you in terms of like, you know, when you were in that time? Yeah, I, I wish I had <laughs> had the power to do that because my mum is a beautiful giving person. That's um, it. She is a, a bit of a mini hoarder hoarder herself, like in regards to so I came yeah. from a family that my my mother, I think, was very and I think that's also growing up with feeling like I need to have I need to get all the things just in case I don't I can't have this in the future. And all, every closet in my mother's house is all her clothes. And she's always got if you need something, ask my mom. She will have something like that you need. And I really learned when starting off my family that I was like I I didn't want that because I saw the stress that she had with with all of that. Um so it's definitely I'm I'm not a sentimental person in regards to oh I need to keep that piece of clothing because I wore that when I was pregnant like kind of a person. I will very just like you Nicola last week, I did a full like clean out of my wardrobe two big bags for it just feels so good and I definitely allowed myself to 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 do that for myself and just what you were saying in setting up your space like I have created these little routines for myself of keeping on top of of, and that the first thing I will do is Mm -hmm. like the making of the bed For me is such an achievable moment, like every single day for me to make my bed with my beautiful pillows, because we've done renovations. So I really take pride in that. And it's like it really makes a huge difference in setting up your day. It does. And it's just so beautiful to see that because you know, and also too, I think, you know, when we talk about that energy of the zigzagging and incompletion, the making of the bed is you starting your day with a completed activity. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's very empowering to then go out that it's like, and also too, I know so many of these things like always just sound so simple, but it's like it, then the flow on effect, you go out to the kitchen and you make yourself a coffee, but you unpack the dishwasher to completion in that time that it takes Mm -hmm. you to make a coffee and, you know, potentially get the kids brekkie together another task that's done through to completion and you're just getting empowered with these tick, tick, ticks that, you know, even, um, you know, one of my girlfriends has been really struggling like at the moment with, you know, just a lot going on in her life. And I actually said to her, you need to go and write a reverse To do like checklist at the end of the day, write out the things that you did complete, that you did get done. And like you actually just see all these small completed activities. You are propelling yourself forward through an organized life. There just may be uncontrollable factors that are going on around you that are emotional or that are hard. But this is what I love about the empowerment that comes with the physical organization of a home because that is you controlling your controllables. There is so much in, in pregnancy, in parenting, in life that you cannot control. But if you are controlling your controllables around you, then that just empowers you and gives you that clarity and that space for you know being able to have resilience with the uncontrollables around you.
1: Oh, I really love that. That's so good. And I think, you know, a lot of mums don't realise how tired they're going to be on the other side. And even though it's a short, you know, a, a short time in life, it's it's a really deep exhaustion sometimes for some women. Yeah. And I think that preparation that you can do before your birth gives you so much support on the other side. But I don't think women often always realise that, you know, If I could have booked someone like you to have come in and done my whole home, that would have been transformational for me on the other side, because you don't really know what your work, what your birth is going to look like, not really, you don't know what that's going to be. And often if you're postpartum and you've had a, you know, a difficult experience and you're, you know, having to do a lot of self care management with your body afterwards, or you might not be as mobile. If you haven't got on top of some of those things before, you start to obsess over them, don't you? Oh, <laughs> like you and, and you know what?
0: <laughs> and, and definitely like this was where you know coming back to talking about thirteen years ago, mm. you know, I I had your good old um, you know thirty hours of labour just to have an emergency cesarean and an eleven pound six ounce baby. You know, like I was, mm. I was in pretty bad shape, and. And look, I never went back, so it kind of says maybe something about that at the time, but I needed to recover and be in a small space and that's where like, you know, thank goodness like I was in my apartment and, you know, when you do have those things set up and and things were kind of, you know, in place and, and ran a bit smoother because, yeah, I was like quite ill and out of action for like quite a bit in the beginning as well. Mm, and and I, I think that's where it's important to know it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. A thousand you know, percent. And and ask your your family to come in and say, look, I just it would just mean the world to me if you would just help me do the laundry and just put that away for me because that that's something More, that I'm feeling like laundry and food. Like, yeah. yes. you yes. know, it was it. I I still just stand by. If one of my girlfriends is having a baby, I actually don't take around like clothes or like a gift or flowers I will always take a meal like or like there's some you know meals in containers because I just know what having home-cooked meals ready to go in the fridge like just feels
1: like (laughs) I actually feel like like this is actually I remember (laughs) crying actually the amount of flowers my my apartment was like a florist (laughs) And i remember feeling, i felt a bit shitty actually because i'm like i don't want another bunch of flowers i just want someone to come and actually see me and help me and i don't even have enough phases and i remember yeah, feeling yeah. quite agitated by the maintenance of the flowers while i'm trying <laughs> to deal with a newborn and i remember just feeling like please no more flowers and i think i actually impart that that wisdom onto other mums now just saying i would say very lovely that you want to send me flowers but send me a food package or yeah you know, I think you know like baby showers now are all about the things but actually what I would say to listeners now is have someone just like Jess come in and do that as a collective yeah. present how empowering would that be to just sit there and go my home is fully organized <laughs> that would um, feel like a gift wouldn't it
0: Oh, that is the best gift. I say, that, I, I say <laughs> that same thing in my classes. If you haven't had your baby shower yet, don't be scared to ask for everyone to contribute to a cleaner for the first six weeks, to a, yes. a homeless, kind of, you know, yeah. to, to for a meal delivery service. That's what you are going to need in the postpartum. You don't need more bibs and, and wraps. And, yeah, it will make such a difference to that transition into motherhood
1: I have got I have got one question I really want to ask I think it's a, a, it's a personal one as well so as your babies get older I have two massive tubs of artwork yes (laughs) Uh, oh yes and I've kept all of their cards from birth until Five. I haven't kept them since although the girls want to keep them and when we were doing the clear out on the weekend I was like oh, oh my oh my god we haven't got enough room up in the attic and we were lucky to have storage space up in the loft but where, what would you say to a mum that's got this artwork starting to come back now from being yep. at kindy or so I, I'm actually
0: there's a lot of home organizers in this space that will talk about you know you keeping their best work and all this sort of stuff, I can say firsthand the process of how I have navigated it in my own home with my own son was once he was in, Oh, because you get the majority of the artwork from like the early years and then it's like year, it's sort of like prep in year one yes. and then it kind of like stops. So at the end of prep, I sat him with everything that, we had kept, we sat together and I did some piles and I said, I need your help to tell me what was your best work that you remember that you put your best efforts into. And we actually sat there and it was funny. And like, I've got a boy too, cause it was just like going, <laughs> do you remember like this one? Like I've always really liked this one, but did you work hard on this? And it was actually like a fun activity to sit and go through them. But him actually be honest with like, oh, no, I don't even remember that one. That can go. And there was a few that was funny, like, that he was throwing out, but I was going, well, I like that one. And But it just became that we did it together and I liked then that I found out different things about that artwork or those pieces that even I didn't know when he brought them home and gifted them to me in the first place, that it became more of an intentional process so much just always intentional on what you are keeping don't keep things out of guilt from anyone even your own children like you can't keep things out of guilt because you are just then giving yourself another you know let's call it five to ten kilos on the mental load weight bar that you're already walking around with every day of your life as a mother like don't allow pieces of paper and artwork that they've created and and also with cards if it's just a to and from, that can go. I keep the cards that have words of wisdom to Hudson that were like, people have actually gone out of their way, like, you know, to write more of a message, not just, you know, happy fifth birthday. Like that's what I always say. If it's to and from, it goes. If it's got an intentional message, it stays. Like just, yeah, just keep with intention, not guilt.
1: Mm, I really love that that's definitely something that I noticed at the weekend just all the artwork just going oh my goodness this is too much yeah
0: and that's and that's it and it's amazing when you bring them on that journey and them invested and it's the same too once they start with the school books because Hudson like you know say year one two three you know wanted to keep all of his books and I'm going through I'm like I don't even like English as a subject why do you want to keep the book (laughs) (laughs) Like I was just like, but but once again, I'm just when it comes to that and the keepsake stuff, like I've definitely smuggled toys out of my house like a Mexican drug lord at different times of my life, you know, my, my own parenting life. But when it comes to that sentimentality and that part and because children are so sentimental as well, Children are so easily sentimental and hoarders. So you need to start working with them on that young to help break that because otherwise, you know, you look at consumer cycles and everything now, we don't work on that with them young, then they're going to struggle even more as they get older and go into adulthood.
1: Especially with soft toys, right? (laughs)
0: I blame oh, no. Toy Story. I just blame Toy Story for how we all feel about soft toys, not just our kids. <laughs> uh, it's. I think my husband and I both come from parents who have a, a bit of that hoarding and his yeah. family, wow. We moved his mother up from Melbourne after my father-in-law died and we, he threw out something like four or five skip bins of stuff yeah. She had kept every single toy of his. He's an only child. His bedroom was exactly the same as he left at. And he it was and now I've got it all. I've it's it's all in, in our back shed when we've we have done clear outs, but there's still like he has like original, like they're retro toys now. <laughs> um and it, it, I'm just like, what Why we like why I I I get I'm not a sentimental person so I'm like it's just sitting up there. (laughs) You're also too. You're reconciling generally with you know our parents' generation. We're reconciling, like we're the generation that is reconciling a scarcity mindset and a manufacturing quality transition. As well because you know they were raised in a time where things were built to last they were it was cemented in them that things were you held them for 10 to 20 years whereas as much as we do have things now still that you can have for that period of time the greater portion and how we look at things and life cycles and how much um, more frequently we're moving homes, we're building, we're renoing, we're moving cities and all the rest of it. We're looking at things generally in a two to five-year life cycle and that's, you know, that, that's the unfortunate thing that we're dealing with when we're reconciling the like generally the excess or the volume that our parents have versus our own personal perceptions on possessions now.
1: Oh, I really love that. So I guess in a nutshell, if someone wants to bring you into their home, yeah. what, what do you, how do you work and how does it work so that people can sort of, you know, for me, I've never had anybody come in and do a, a yeah. it and hold on my home. So when someone comes in, you know, if you were to go into someone's home, what what do you do? What kind of, what does it look like? So,
0: okay, so it's super intuitive because I absolutely love that I'm more, your home tells me a lot about you personally and how you operate. And I don't say that at all from, there's no negative connotations or anything to that because the passion that I have, when I walk into someone's home or they have reached out, you know, they've made the step to reach out, to be vulnerable, to allow me in their home. Like I'm coming in with like, this person's amazing. One, they're supporting my business. And like, two, you know, what can I do to help them? So, Generally, I will ask the question of like, you know, show me what areas are, you know, impacting you at the moment. I'm also watching how they lead me through their home. So that high traffic areas that I mentioned earlier. So I'm trying to see where my eye actually leads that I'm thinking they might even not be consciously realizing that it's that clutter over there to the left that they're seeing when they walk in that's impacting them. But once they've shown me through their home and shown me the spaces that they want me to work in, um, often like people will say this to me too, like they'll go, oh, so how do you want to work? Do you want me with you or do you just want to do this by yourself? I will always say it is completely your choice. I can work either way. I can either work autonomously and categorise and group and then I just bring you in for like a declutter session and to ask you some questions and I always say, this is your stuff, by the way, I'm not judging on what you either choose to get rid of or what you choose to keep. This is your life, your home, your space, but I can either work autonomously in here, cleaning deep, like grouping everything together. I'll get you then in to have a look and assess, or we can do this in, um, so like the body doubling method, which is I then direct with giving the client like small jobs to do. And we sort of chat about the home or different stuff as we're both working. So it just comes down to how the person wants to work. Generally, if the person has like really small children, they're a bit more, you know, they're feeling a bit flustered of going back and forth between the kids. So I say, why don't you just go do what you've got to do? Um, Just give me half an hour. I'll come and grab you to have a look at these few things before we then discuss an action plan of how they're going to go away. So I sort of like uh, I'm completely flexible and really intuitive to how I sort of see the home, how many kids, size of the space, volume versus the space, etc. So it's yeah, I just oh, I just I love it. I just love it. I can't get across enough how much I get <laughs> in, and I'm just like,
1: let me help you. I just love it. <laughs> I I just I I love even the thought of it i love it i kind of want to morph myself into you for a day so i can just get things done (laughs) and then you know you've got your other your partner also sometimes has a really different point of view on what the house should be Uh, oh yeah you you know my husband and i watched the minimalists you know the documentary and he went right that's it let's get rid of everything and i'm like oh i don't think that you need to do that no and so he's ruthless like literally ruthless and i love it because we're both not we don't hang on to stuff but our kids are polar opposites, polar opposites. Yeah.
0: yeah, and and you know what, like that that's a challenge and stuff as well too when you're already feeling cluttered in your mind but then you're also, if you've got a partner that doesn't, you know, part with things very well or your partner is resistant to sort of that change, you can be sort of a bit agitated and a little bit resentful with that too. So that's where I always like say, like say when I'm hired, for a master closet, this comes up a lot when I do master closets and it'll be like, you know, the clients hired me because they're just over it, but their partner doesn't want to get rid of anything. They don't really like change like with when it comes to their stuff. And I just say, well, that's fine. Let's just address your stuff first. And I can just do like a mirror image, like just tidy organize for their side so that it's just all, you know, in categories in place, but we haven't gotten rid of anything. But it is amazing how simply doing that process and not being forceful to make that partner get rid of things, that once they then come into just a tidied space and categories and seeing things in their categories. Like so many times men will then look at it completely tidy and go, oh, well, actually, I don't wear that. I don't wear that. I don't wear that. And it's sort of like the reverse. They don't declutter first. It's once it's done, but then they'll come in and fuck out what they don't need. So it's just never lose sort of hope. Just don't let your partner or that become an excuse why you don't make progress in your own areas.
1: Hmm. I really love all of this I feel (laughs) I I feel like some people don't you know realize what they what they need to do to start moving forward so I I know you've got a new ebook that's just been released um just give us a little out outlook on that so that people can come and grab that from the show notes afterwards
0: Well, it is called Collectively Organize Your Closet. So like I was saying, we're fixing your own mask first. I've specifically like launched the closet first because one, it is my favorite space in the home because it is the one that I see people you know, push to the side the most. And it's the one that's always the most rewarding for me to help a woman reconnect with her personal style through an organized closet for the season of life that she's in right now. So there's so much in that. It's 60 pages. It's got all... All my passion, all my love for helping women feeling empowered to get dressed in the morning in an organised um, closet with clothing that makes them feel good for right now. So, yes, do do go and have a look and click on that one.
1: <laughs> and if people want to book you, do you also do like a virtual way of looking, working with people?
0: Um, if people come into my dear, I don't have a specific thing for this on my website. Generally, I get this request in DMs sometimes and then um, because you'll see on my website in the service bookings, uh, I have a half day and a full day. The half day option can be booked a virtual session where even I just, you know, you can show me around your home and I do some coaching of giving you a bit of an action plan, um, a few like key product links that, that could be beneficial for you in your home. So yeah, you just need to select the half day booking.
1: I really love this definitely inspire me to um to get you before and what for when we move house and get you in for the next one. Oh, <laughs> oh it's been so love amazing. that would love to help <laughs> oh, of course um, <laughs> and how else do people find you just through your website and where else and on instagram at
0: collectively underscore organized is where um yeah even on I share a lot about uh, my diary as a home organiser on my stories and, and bits through the day. So, yes, jump on there. Beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for great.
0: thank you for joining us. It's been great speaking to you. Now I'm going to go and clear out my closet. <laughs> <laughs> started no, it. Thanks so much, ladies. This has been so fun. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you. Thanks, Jess.
1: We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you on your own journey. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our individual online or face-to-face courses or be mentored by us for your own birth, please
0: see our show notes for the links to our programs.